Hey, thanks for tuning in to Embrace Church Sunday Service. This week we'll hear from Mike Velasquez on prison ministries. Most of you guys know the experience of, of fighting UFC, wrestling in, 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 in some, some kind of uh, hand-to-hand kind of combative kind of way. And I remember whenever I was a kid in my dad's lap in the recliner on a Saturday morning watching boxing, how mesmerized I was by it. And my dad was in the army and so he spent a little time boxing in the army and he would kind of point out a couple of things here and there about the boxers on the television screen. And I remember him telling me when I was just a small boy in that recliner with him on a Saturday morning, son, there's an offensive way and a defensive way of boxing. Sometimes the boxer is guarding himself and putting up the guard, and then sometimes he's on an offensive manner, and he's throwing the jabs or the body uh, shots or the hooks or whatever it might be, or the uppercuts. And so there's an offensive manner, and there's a defensive manner. But then he said something else. He said there is a forward offense, and there is a backwards offense to boxing. How many of you guys knew that? I know some of you guys have boxed before. And maybe you've watched boxing and you've seen guys, how they go forward with some punches. By the way, this I'm not encouraging anybody to practice any of this. We discourage fighting. I mean, I guess professionally, if you just like getting your face hit. I'm not that guy, you know. I'm like, please don't hit me. You know, but, but anyway, so we're not encouraging this, but, but I want to use this illustration that, that there is a, there is a forward moving aggressive attack to where there's blows being dealt, but then there are times where the boxer is moving backwards and not sheltering himself, but instead throwing some punches. And what he's doing is he's looking for a key opportunity in his opponent, in the posture of the opponent, to drop some kind of guard so that he can then attack. You say, Andy, why in the world are you bringing all of that up this morning? Well, we're in the month of missions for us here at Embrace. And so far we've talked about faith-based Christian recovery from drugs and alcohol and of course other addictions that, that, that can be paired into that whole thing, but, but recovery with, with, over addiction. And, and then last Sunday we talked about Church at the Ark and, and we had Pastor Jay Clark here and he was talking about you know going forward into darkness with the gospel, the good news of Jesus in Philadelphia. And, and if you're new to Embrace, This is what I'm saying. In Christianity, you can take different postures in the fight you're in, but you cannot escape a fight if you're in Christianity. You see, when you are born again and placed into the family of God, you sign up to be a part of the militia, the army of God. And as a part of the army of God, God is training you up as soldiers to carry the good news of the gospel with the weaponry of God's word as a a sword and the shield that is a shield of faith and all of this this garb of the of the military, a Christian, the, the shoes of peace and the uh, shoes of peace and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and and all of this because we're in a we're in a battle. We're in a war. This is what I'm afraid happens a lot of times to American Christianity. Because we have life a little bit more plush than places in other parts of the world, we forget that we are really soldiers in a battle, in an army, 
every single day. And our posture doesn't always look like it should look. The gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. Ecclesia, us, it's not going to prevail against us. Therefore, we are, should be, at least on the offense as followers of Jesus Christ, as soldiers of God. We are on the offense. But, but here at Embrace, as we've seen with the recovery ministry with Teen Challenge, and beyond that, I mean, the Philemon project that we have here, an impact that we have here, and all the things that we do with recovery, new creations on Monday night, and, and all of the activities and focus on seeing people set free from the bondages of addiction, and then being a part of a church plan, ascending church to, to that ministry, and, and even what we're talking about with today with jail ministry. With jail ministry, we are not the kind of church that's delved off into this battle with the defensive posture. As a matter of fact, we're not even the kind of church that is in this war that is going backwards as we throw punches. We are the kind of church because we are the kind of Christians and we are the kind of ministry that is moving forward, throwing punches in the darkness. Right? That's who we are and that's, that's what we do. And, and so as we highlight different ministries throughout this month, today's highlight is that of Jail ministry. Let me throw a couple of questions out there for you just to kind of think through. You don't necessarily have to answer them out loud just unless you want to, and you're free to do that here in Brace as well. How many of you guys believe that jail ministry is something that Christians should be involved in? Yeah, look at all the hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. How many of you understand that those who are incarcerated, whether in county jails or whether state-run and owned facilities, they should and they deserve to hear the goodness of God preached through the Word of God to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm fully aware that the Bible teaches us, and I'm probably going to read some scripture here later. I know Brother Michael, he's going to come up in just a minute, and he's going to explain the mission that he has in Lee County. But Jesus teaches us to go and visit those in prison. He says, whenever you visited those in prison, you're, you're, it's like you're visiting me in prison. Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me, Jesus says. But I also understand that jail ministry, prison ministry, is not always for everybody. At least not always for everybody in the, in the fact that you're going behind the bars. I don't know if you've ever been in a prison or before or a jail before doing ministry. Some of you guys have been in jail and prison before on the other side receiving ministry, right? Amen. And thank God for it. But it's, it's, it's a unique feeling when you walk through that jail and you hear clink behind you. I'll never forget the first time I went in. I heard that. And I started reaching in my pockets and like, oh, no, I ain't got a key or nothing. You know, and, and, and then went on in, you know, it's, it's a unique thing. And so maybe your part doesn't look like going into the jail or ministry and doing actual minister, ministry to those that are in. Maybe it's a support group for those who do or a prayer group for the jail minister or whatever it is. And we're going to get into some more of that later. But I want you guys to welcome Brother Michael Velasquez as he comes forward. He's going to come this morning and share with us. Come on up, Brother Michael. Yes, I turned it on, didn't I? You good, brother. You good. You hot. So, Brother Michael, has, he is the chaplain at the Lee County Correctional Facility. Correct. And how long have you been there? I've been there about eight years, I guess. Good deal. So, 
How long have you been a part of jail ministry? Uh, really not, but about 13 years. But God has blessed me so much in getting to go do so much. You know, God has favored me. When he puts you in the ministry, he gives you everything you need, and he hooked me up with everybody right quick. So I was able to go do things I never imagined that I would be able to go do and talk to people, minister with people. And that's what quickened my spirit is seeing God work in my life and knowing who I was and where I came from and everything. So yeah, it's been a blessing for me. Amen. I'm going to take my coat off if y'all don't mind. I'll get hot. You know, years ago I had the opportunity. We were talking about Walnut Grove Correctional Facility earlier. It's closed down right now. They're going to try to reopen it here real soon. Years ago when it was a youth correctional facility, uh, I was invited with about a handful of other preachers, four or five other preachers, and we were going to play volleyball against the inmates. And, you know, I'm excited, a little nervous, and I'm going to go into this, this prison, and, and there we are. We're playing, and, and we're, we're and just to be honest with you, there was, there was four or five preachers on the, on the court and we were running the floor. Nobody could beat us. I mean, there was about 60 guys in there, and they were, they were forming teams, and they were trying to, try, trying to pack their team and get on the court, and, you know, out of shape, old, flabby preachers, whooping everybody. <laughs> and then about seven games in, we realized we was whooping everybody. And some of the other guys were like, wait yeah, a minute, what's guys. up with that, yeah. I think we need to slow down a little bit and let some guys win. And, and it got kind of hairy there for a minute because it got serious competition. Sometimes they either bring the best out of you or the worst out of you, and that's preacher or not preacher. But that was a sticky situation that we got into. And finally, the guards had to come in and say, okay, guys, volleyball game's it's over. over with. Let's, let's <laughs> go. So let me ask you Well, y'all did this. a great job of ministering that day, didn't you? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. No. But, but, um. So what is one of, the, one, of, one of the craziest situations you found yourself in in jail ministry? Well, I mean, they, all of my best friends are in jail, in prison, you know, all over the world. Uh, but I think, I'll go back and we'll see some pictures maybe in a little bit. But I think when I went to Africa and I went to prisons in Africa and we're headed back, we're going to do a seven prison tour uh, and go to one of them where you, when they put you in there, you simply die in prison. You never get out. That's just the way they, they do it. But... Uh, uh, and one of them I went to, and the, there were babies in there. And I wondered why, what's the purpose of, but when the mother goes to prison, the children go to prison also. And this just kind of breaks my heart to think that these sort of things are happening. But the, the guard tells me, no, 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 that's a good thing. I said, how's that a good thing? And they said, well, if the child's not with the mother, then it's on the street, and, and it'll get abused, stolen, or whatever the case may be. So there's nowhere for it to go. So there are about 3,500 orphanages there in Kenya. So to see the difference in that prison, in our prison, and they had a, if any of y'all familiar with Cool Hand Luke, the old uh, prison story, but they put, they had a sweat house. They had a sweat house there. And I asked, well, what is that? Oh, they took them out. They didn't know who you were. When, when, when you leave, they'll put them back in. So, you know, I, I, yeah, we, we get in a lot of situations that I, get, I just, I'm blessed being able to be in those situations. You know what I mean? Because it's horrible to be in a bad situation, but it's such a blessing to be able to stand with people who are in horrible situations. And that's what God has blessed me to be able to do. I used to feel bad because I would laugh and have joy about being in a bad situation. And God told me, no, I got you there for a purpose. So I want you to go and, sh and shed the light. Now, I will tell you this. The prisoners affect me to such a strong they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're drawing the Holy Spirit. We have pastors in Carthage who tell us, man, I just want to come go to church with y'all. Because they, they, they're just drawing the Holy Spirit and they're pulling on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. Uh, and there may be some people who really need to be in prison 
for, for a lot of different reasons, can't be part of society. But on the whole, you will find brother, sister, father, and mother when you go into the prisons with us. So. Amen. With Jesus, there are no bars. That's right. That's right. Amen. Brother Michael, we're excited to hear what God has in your heart this awesome. morning. You guys give it up Thank to you. him again. I'm going to get out of the way. All right, I do praise God that did let me out of jail this morning. Uh, I was in jail. We have church over there at, at 7 o'clock in the morning, every Sunday morning. Uh, I'm praying, and y'all please pray for our prison. We still, March will be two years that nobody has been in the state prison except for me. No volunteers, no pastors. You can't, if you're a pastor, they'll call and they want to come visit. Well, you can't. That's, that's the situation we're in. Some of the prisons maybe have changed a little bit. Our county side, which is like y'all's, y'all's county jail, we have a county jail also, and we have been letting ministers uh, and, and volunteers come in there. So if y'all decide y'all want to come, please come. All you have to do is tell me. If you want to come take a tour, I'll give you a tour of the prison. As long as you're 21 years old or older, come. Please, all you got to do is call Lee County Correctional. Tell me more, talk to the chaplain. I probably won't be there, but if, if I am or ain't, just leave a message for me. You know, God has blessed me so abundantly that I like to sing y'all a song because I feel like singing a song. Now, I don't know if I can sing like the praise and worship music band, but, uh, but give me just a moment because I think there's a story behind this song. And it says, God gave me a song I will sing for the rest of my life. Jesus, you are the light, the light of the world. Come on, celebrate him. Lift up your voices and sing. Jesus, you are the light, the light of the world. But the purpose of that song is, I asked the inmates today, who's the light of the world? They said, well, Jesus. I said, well, one of them turns around and says, we is. And they're right. You are the light of the world and you're the light that's going to shine through there. When you go to the prison, Jesus is already in the prison when you go. You know, I have some people who come and, boy, we're going to go and set that place on fire while I pray. We're already on fire. And Jesus is in the prison. He's not there because of the walls. He's there because of the inmates, the men, the women. And I'm also the volunteer chaplain on the Choctaw Indian Reservation at the jail over there. We have children in jail over there also. They start putting them in at 11 years old. So we minister there also. So he's there because those people are there. And I like to say that it's a blessing to be able to go and be part of what God is doing in the ministry. Uh, if you don't mind, if we'll put up that first verse, John, uh, 1 John 3, 18. If and everybody knows this verse. Uh, our ministry is called Indeed and Tooth Prison Ministry. So it says, my little children, that always tickles me because it's like God has to set me down. You poor little thing. Let me, let me explain it to you one more time. It says, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. And a lot of verses just say action. People will tell me nowadays, Gee, we didn't do like Jesus did. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. They said, well, we need to pray. Yeah, but you can't stop there. We need to love. Yeah, but you can't stop there. Because Jesus didn't just pray and love, but Jesus got up and committed an action of going to the cross. And for so many of us in our prayer life or in our faith while we're praying and we're loving, but we forget to do the action. And we forget there's something that God has appointed us to do. Is it the prison ministry for you? I don't know. I'm not here to convict you to go into the prison ministry. If you don't feel like doing that, that's not where God's calling you. I'm here to convict you to go in the ministry, not just a prison ministry. A friend of mine got home and one time wanted me to go to the, uh, uh, the nursing home. I said, I don't want to do that. Well, come on and go with us. I said, man, y'all go ahead. You know, that's fine. So what's wrong? How come you won't go in the nursing home? You'll go to the jail, but you won't go to the nursing home? I said, well, it's just not where God's leading me. And that's not where my spirit is. And, and I just don't have a desire. I'll go with you, but it's not what I want to do continually. I want to be in the, the prison ministry. So people, are, people think I'm kind of funny. Uh, in our town, everybody knows everybody in Carthage, Mississippi. And 
When we all go out to eat, if I'm not there, they'll ask the grandchildren, well, where's your pops at? Pops is in jail. And of course, everybody that don't know, they're all looking around. They're poor little babies. Their pops is in jail. <laughs> and I had a chaplain tell me one time, Brother Mike, you can't spend all of your time in jail. And I don't know why I can't. I don't know why I can't. I want to be in jail. I'd like to be there right now. I may even go back over there here in a little bit. You know, some of the things I get to do in the prison are awesome. One of the horriblest things I do is give a death notice. And if you've ever had to tell somebody that their family member or whatever died, it's a horrible thing. But I get to do that all the time. It's a horrible thing. But I have such joy that God has blessed me to be able to work in the ministry. Let me tell you something about the joy. You get your joy when you're in God's will and you're doing the ministry he called for you to do. He kind of gave it to me this way and I'm kind of simple, but, but, but it's, it's like a baseball field. And I'm in the ministry. I'm doing the work. God says, yeah, but you ain't in left field. What do you mean? God says, you're in right field. All your blessings are over in left field. I want you to be in my perfect will. When you get over in my perfect will, the aggravation's going to go away. You're aggravated because you don't realize you should be where I want you to be. And you're thinking you're there already. Let me tell you something about my ministry. I can't never get there. I'm always searching. I'm always hungry. I'm always thirsty. And I'm always trying to strive for more and more. Somebody told me one time, Brother Mike, you just can't be perfect. God created me perfect. God created me perfect. I'm messed up right now. But God created me perfect. And my brothers and sisters, including y'all and everyone else in the prison, were created perfect in God's image. And I like to tell people, you need to look around this prison. If you don't like what you're going to see, you ain't going to like heaven. I'll assure you of that. And I want everybody to like heaven. I want everybody to come go in heaven. You know, the word of God is strong. The word of God it's not only strong, it's not only living, but because it's alive, it's truth. And if it's truth, then we need to not just speak the word of God, but we need to act out the word of God in our life because we believe it. If we don't really believe it, we won't act it. We'll just speak it. Have you ever done that before? Y'all had not done that? You don't really believe it. Oh, brother, yeah, I pray you be healed. Well, if I pray you be healed, let me pray you be healed. I had a lady yesterday at the hardware store ask me, my, my, come, come, come here. my daughter's sick and she's got COVID and I'm going to put you on the prayer list. I said, well, let me pray for you right now. Right now. Why would we wait till later if somebody's freezing or cold in the rain, if they need help? Why would we like to wait till later to help them? Why don't we do that right now and be a right now people and be a people of action just like Jesus Christ? Because as Jesus Christ was a man of action, prayer, faith, strength, power, love. But that action he has given to us. Because did he not say he gave us all power and authority? He gave us that power and authority to use it. It's kind of like I heard Tony Evans say one time. If you've ever followed him, he said he took his wife to the restaurant. And uh, they sat down to look at the menu. He said he looked at the menu and, and he ordered a steak. Big nice steak. Everybody likes a steak. So he ordered the nice steak. And then he got a phone call. And they had to get up and leave. And you know how that is. Man, you had your heart set on that steak now. You've been waiting on that thing all week, maybe. Saturday night, you've been waiting all week. Your wife asked, you can stay, honey. No, I'm going to go with you. So they got up and left. He said he thought about it later. He said, you know, I read the menu. I read the word. I read it. I know what it said. And then I ordered it. I agreed with it. I received This is what I'm fixing to do. But when it came, I had to get up and leave. So what good did that steak do me? So let me ask you in your faith, well, what good does you speak in life over somebody if you don't mean to speak life over somebody? Just like we go to the prison, I want, brother, I, I pray you be free. Are you really praying that prisoner be free? Do you know what he's done? He's done some horrible things to a little four-year-old child. Horrible things. Things that just would disgust you more than you have. Demonic things. Yet now he's my brother or my sister in Christ. Are you really going to come and pray with me that that man be free? 
Can your heart pour out that kind of love toward it? Jesus can. But I don't know sometimes if we can. You know what I mean? Can you give me another verse up there if you don't mind? I need to give you the order. James, uh, uh, put the James up there for me. James 2. There you go. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and he has not works, can faith save him? No, of course we know it can't. But what is God saying? What good does it do for you to order that steak if you ain't going to eat it? What good does it do for me to give you a brand new pickup truck if you ain't going to drive it? What good does it do for me to get you out of your mud hole that you've been wallowing in, put you up on the ground, firm ground, stand you up, ready to go, and yet you're going to walk past people who are in a mud hole? So what good did it do for God to get you out of the mud? Just so you can be proud and awesome and everybody can look at how pretty and clean you are? Or are you supposed to walk by a mud hole and see that next person because you're zealous for God, because you're hungry for God, and because you are a peculiar people, a people of action? And you say, I'm not passing that. I cannot pass that person by. I will strive and do everything I can. If I follow the mud hole with them, I'm going to get in there and help them get out. But I'm not going to pass that person up. Well, it's the same thing with the prison ministries. I know it's horrible. And I get involved with both sides. I'll have family members who are, are, are family members at our church that were murdered. And, and then I know the family. I've known the kid all his life that murdered them and everything else. So I get involved with both sides. So both families want to talk to me. They want me to pray for them and all. And I just thank God that God has put me where he desires for me to be. Y'all pray I can get to left field one day. <laughs> I'm still trying to get over there. Uh, the next verse, please, brother. Uh, uh, Mark. Mark 3. Can you give me 31 through 35 altogether or just one at a time? All right. It says, there came then his brethren and his mother and standing without sent unto him, calling him. Next verse. And the multitude said about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. Now, don't mess with mama now. Y'all know better than that. Give me the next verse, please. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother? Who is my brethren? And he looked around about him, about on them, which said about him, and he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. One more verse. It said, For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother, and that's why I won't be a prisoner because my family's in there. You understand? That's why I won't be here with y'all today because y'all are my family also. But just as much those people are also. And I hunger and thirst to help them, to be a benefit to them in some small way. You know, I tell the guy, if I see one of y'all up there on TV one day, and y'all the greatest thing on TV, the greatest preacher in there, everybody wants to see you, everybody wants to be you, and you forgot who Brother Mike at Lee County Correctional is all together, I don't care. But I know I had a small part in you being there and furthering the kingdom of God. Because it's all about the glory of God, is it not? <laughs> you know that. It's interesting that, that uh, we can live in a place like here, like he talked about, and go to a place like Africa and see the desolation. See the, uh, see the people that are struggling. And yet, we see happiness on their faces. You say, well, how can they be happy, Brother Mike? If, if, if the child's in prison and the other child, the, the, the mother's there. And I had one mother that had three children. They were like three, two, and one. And, and she was there. And all three of them were from rape, uh, abuse, uh, some very abusive situations. And I got to pray with that young lady. And she was from America. She actually was from America, born and raised in America, but she was in a prison in Kenya, Africa, Karachi or wherever the, the town I was in at the time, I don't know. You know, did God send me all the way over there to pray with that lady? No, God blessed me that I got to go all the way over there and I got to pray with that lady. 
That's where the blessings is. My mother passed away many years ago, and my dad has a girlfriend that I've known ever since we, we grew up in church together. And uh, she said, oh, it's so wonderful. Your daddy, was just, he, he wouldn't say it, but he's so proud of you because you go do the ministry. I said, no, it's not like that. She said, oh, I know you're being humble. I said, no. I said, you don't understand. I get to go see what God is doing firsthand. I get to go live it. I get to go be there. So many of our brethren in Christ, they're praying for people. They're supporting people financially. They're going to the conferences. They're going to this and that. But you never really get to step out into the field and get to harvest, as God says. You know, the fields are white and the harvest is ripe. And I appreciate y'all going and what y'all do. I do want to thank this church. Miss Jamie with Teen Challenge, of course, she goes with us uh, sometimes. Uh, Brother John Wood, uh, he, he was coming before we shut the jail down and opened it back up. I appreciate y'all and I want to thank y'all. But now I do want to ask something of y'all. I do like Paul covet y'all's prayers. You know, when I step in there sometimes and, and I was in with a guy the other day and I think he was demonically possessed. I don't know. We, we had a, we had a, we had a round uh, up in there. And sometimes those things are hard to do. If you, maybe, maybe you've been around this sort of thing. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's hard sometimes to face the darkness. You know what I'm talking about? The reason why it's hard is because sometimes the darkness wants to stick to us. It doesn't want to overwhelm you. It just wants to stick a little something to you through whatever you were going through. So I ask that y'all pray for us and y'all continue to nourish us and feed us with the word of God and pray the word of God upon us. Pray life upon us. Pray success. Pray prosperity upon us. But most of all, pray that we have a servant's heart and that the ministry continue to grow. Um, Zechariah 9. Uh, As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Go ahead, 12. Turn, turn you to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even to the day do I declare that I will render double unto you. God will restore to these people their lives. You say, well, Brother Mike, what they've done, do you think God should restore them? Absolutely, I think God should restore them because I've done some ugly stuff too and I want God to restore me. Understand when you receive a blessing, please pray, if you do nothing else, pray blessings on people. Because understand when you pray a blessing, that blessing comes through you to other people. It's got to come through you first when you pray a blessing over somebody else. So yeah, I'll pray for your blessing. I'll pray, pray that you be financially blessed. I want you to be a bazillionaire. I won't be one too. I get to go and do that. I buy me a jet and then I can travel all over the world doing ministry work. But I want those blessings to come flow through me, to flow through me, to go to you. There's another little song for all of you rockers. Uh, so, you know, he didn't do too good on that first song. But listen to this one. Listen to it instead of listen to the singer. Uh, if you're a rocker, you may know this song. If you're not, don't worry about it. But uh, it says, Give a love you must be part of. To be part of, you must live a love. When will I tell you of him? When will I see you again? When will I tell you of him? Jesus, my Lord. To give a love, you must live a love. Talk about addiction and everything. If people are going through that, if you're not going through it with them, and your heart doesn't hurt just as much as their heart hurts, are you really giving a love? Are you just giving, hey, dude, I hope you're all right. I'll pray for you. Ain't that what Christians do? I'll pray for you. The chaplain who was a, uh, he won the big denominations that, that I took his place and, and I would see some of his denominational people and I'd say, hey, y'all pray about coming and doing it. He said, quit that. 
Quit what, Brother Joe? Quit telling people pray about it. What do you mean, Brother Joe? Just tell them go ahead and do it. And quit telling them pray about it. It's time to go do things. It's time to be a people of action. So people think I'm a little bit pushy. I don't mind that. Maybe I am a little bit pushy. I've got to do what God has given me to do. But my passion is the prison ministry and I want people in there. I want people on fire to do it. And therefore I want that fire in you. Because let me go tell you something about the prison ministry and the fire that's in you. The fire that's in you with the prison ministry will be the fire in you at your house too. In your marriage. Anybody in here married besides me? <laughs> my wife couldn't be here today. She is goofing off. We had our, our, our fourth. My daughter had his fourth. <laughs> granddaughter born. My son had his fourth granddaughter born Thursday. So you know how that is, you know, grandma's and uh, usually I would bring my whole horde with me and we would come and there's like 14 of us and we would crowd in here, but everybody's doing the baby thing instead of the me thing, you know. But it's awesome to be able to pray over your wife. But in order to pray over your wife, you have to love your wife. And in order to love your wife, you have to quit looking at your wife the way that you look at her. So, Brother Mike, what are you talking about? I learned this long ago. Your wife ever pop, you bought, you, the, man, if, if your wife ever chews gum and she pops them little bitty bubbles, I can't stand that. Oh, well, I'll pull, off, I'll pull off the side of the road. Uh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk around. I can't do this anymore. But, you know, I don't, if she's blowing a bubble now, I don't know nothing about it. Because God taught me to see her the way I need to see her through his eyes. Because I was praying over her one time. And I said, God, I'm trying to be the man of God and, and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to, a lot of eyes in there and I'm trying to be successful. I'm trying to do everything. I said, and she needs to come alongside and everything. And don't even get into the submission part, but she needs to come alongside and everything else. And, and, uh, and God said, well, she will when you become the man of God and love her the way I'm telling you to love her. And that's your problem. I said, what are you talking about? Explain to me, God. I'm simple. You got to, please show me one. Kind of like that, my little children again. Please show me. Explain it to me because I don't understand. He said, if you loved her the way I loved her, then bubbles wouldn't bother you. They would not bother you. So if I love those men the way that God loves them, I'm not concerned with what they've done, what their charge is, where they've been, and what's going on in their lives. I was in South Mississippi a number of years ago, and I was holding a one-day revival. And I went into sea custody, which is the lockdown. The guys that fight, they got red stripes on their legs and they, they can't get out in general population. They must be guarded. Usually they got them in shackles walking up and down the halls and stuff. And they told me, hey, when you go in there, there's this guy. We want you to talk, make, find him and talk to him. His daddy's a big preacher up in Tupelo. He's got two big churches and everything. And they just want you to, to, to pray with the guy and talk to him. Tell him his daddy loves him. Tell him God loves him. Walked around Unit 8, Section 2, and didn't see anybody. Went and walked around Unit 7. And right before I was going to get ready to leave, here come this guy walking up to me. And as he walked up to me, he said, your name is Craig. He said, you don't know me. How do you know me? I said, I don't, but the Holy Spirit does. And I said, your name is Craig. I said, I don't know your daddy, but your daddy loves you, son. And he started crying. He's emotional. And that's hard doing the prison because a lot of times you can't, oh, you got you to really watch your P's and Q's in there. People will abuse that situation. So he, I said, well, I want to tell you, God loves you too, brother. I know it, I know it, but you just don't know what I've done. I said, I don't care what you've done. I said, I don't care what you've done. You're, not, you're, not, you're, you're talking to the wrong person. You're living in guilt, but I'm living in freedom. I want you to understand the freedom instead of the guilt. Because as long as you live in the guilt, you cannot be made free. But he gave us the truth so that we'd be made free, not be made guilty. He come not to condemn the world, but so that the world may be saved. And I said, why are you holding on to this demonic force called guilt? Because he's all over your back and he's holding on to you and he's holding you back. Yeah, but you don't understand. You don't understand. Tell me what I don't understand. 
I killed six people on a bad drug deal. I'll never get out of this place. I said, so God's not going to forgive you? No, he can. I said, so God don't love you anymore? No, he does. I said, so what's your problem, bro? God loves you and you're forgiven. Begin to live in the freedom that God has given you and get that demon called guilt off your back. You're holding on to something that God's already gotten rid of for you and it's not, you, it's not yours. Get rid of it. Cast it down. Walk in faith. Walk in the word. The word says that he come to set the prisoners free. If he come to set them free, then they're free. Anybody believe the word of God? Amen. If he says he done something, he done it, did he not? So we need to walk in what God has done. Instead of walking what we believe, what we see. Y'all don't know me. I thank God for Andy letting me come because he don't know me. He knows some guys that I know and they probably told him about me. They probably told him I was a nut. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, I always honored to come, you know, and go. But my wife was very sick some time ago. And they told me at least over the course of six months, seven times that she would die and not see the sun come up in the morning. My son's a federal agent in Afghanistan. He calls me from... Afghanistan and he couldn't talk and I couldn't talk and we're trying to get it all situated. I said, son, I don't know if she can hear you or not. And I was sitting by the bed. She's breathing that machine. Now, I hate those machines. You know what I'm talking about? Those horrible, and it's just that breathing, breathing. You hear it all the time you're in there. And she's on that machine and, and, and he can't, he's crying and I'm crying. And, and I said, well, just come on when you can because he, he thought he was coming to a funeral by the time they called him. So the State Department flew him out of Afghanistan on a plane with goats and hay and everything else. <laughs> but it was the last one coming out of Afghanistan. Praise God, they got him there. Like in 48 hours, they got him there. Put him on a military jet, not a fighter jet, but a big jet, and they flew him all the way back over here. So they kept telling us she can't live. And I said, you know, I love y'all. Y'all are awesome doctors. God has given y'all this ability and everything else. But what we're going to do is we're going to believe the word of God. And Psalm 10720, whether you believe it or not, Psalm 10720 said he sent his word and we know his word is Jesus. He sent his word that you be healed and saved from your destruction. So don't ask me to pray for your healing. Now, Pastor may disagree. A lot of people disagree with me. Don't ask me to pray for your healing. Jesus said, I already come that you be healed. So if he says, I already come that you be healed, you must be healed. Now, that may not make sense, a lot of sense to y'all. I'll pray that he reveals a healing to you, that we receive the healing he's got. But he says, I've already done it, living what I've done. Well, if he, pray, if he says that he came to set the prisoner free, then the prisoners are free and we need to live like free men instead of men in bondage. When we do our, when we do our uh, uh, I, I take up offering at the prison and that sounds kind of odd because if they have a penny in their pocket, they'll get a write-up in RVR. But uh, uh, God convicted me a long time ago, how come I don't let them take up offering? I said, how are you going to do that, God? God said, why don't you just listen to me? Just let them take up an offering. And it wind up, it's like a prayer request. And I will take those prayer requests and I put them in the bag and then I take them to our mature ladies at church and, and, uh, and they pray over them. And that's an awesome thing. And those men are just hungry to put that prayer request in there because they know those ladies are going to pray over those prayer requests because they know those ladies pray and they pray in faith and they pray the word. So I ask you to pray the faith. Pray the word. Pray life. Pray peace. Pray that God will show you what he has for you today. If you, if you want to know what your ministry, I'll tell you what it is. I never met you, but I'll tell you exactly what your ministry is. God put it on your heart a long time ago. And he's been talking to you all this time about it. Step into that ministry that God has put on your heart a long time ago. It's important. Uh, I think I got one more verse. Three, Ephesians 3.20. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. The reason why I put that on there is because I ain't going to ask y'all for a little bit of nothing. I'm going to ask you for an abundance because we serve an abundant God. We don't serve a little God. 
If we serve an abundant God, should we not be an abundant people? We should walk in that abundance that God has given us. So I ask abundance from you. Go to jail all the time. Go to the, go to the nursing home. Go wherever God leads you to go, but be in the ministry that God has given you. Be the light to shine. I got one more song, I think, before I, before I quit. Is my time about, I guess? Yeah. He's not his head yet. Hurry up and quit. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, it's a song that, and I take these songs and I make them my own, so if you heard them different, that's cool. It's just what God gave it to me. But it's, uh, be my hands and be my feet. Lord, be everything to me. I can't make it on my own. You be the road that leads me home. Lord, be everything to me. Lord, be everything to me. Let me pray over y'all right quick. Father, I do bless this church, that this church be a nourisher, a feeder, a restorer, that this church be an outreach church. Everyone in the sound of my voice is fully supplied all resources, everything they need, clarity of vision, peace in their heart, family restored, marriage is restored, Father, children return, everything they desire, let it be so, so that they may be about the kingdom worker of our Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You came that all be saved. That includes us, and that includes them, and them includes everybody, Father. So we lift this church up to be an everybody church. Everybody's included. Everybody's going, and we're going to abundantly bless for you, an abundant God. We are going to be an abundant blessing to those around us, Father. That this church be successful, profitable, and be the love of Christ and the light to shine in all that they put their hands to do. In Jesus' name, amen.